Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. Brother, 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 brother. Perfect, perfect, perfect way to start the day or the night, whatever it is for you. Welcome to another episode of the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. Uh, It is Thursday, May 13th, a little after 10 o'clock on the East Coast, which means Impact just got done. Uh, And it is the go-home show before Under Siege. Um, by Steven Seagal. Yeah, by Steven Seagal. He he's hosting the entire show. He's wrestling in every match. Mm-hmm. Just book it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it uh, it was an interesting show. I think uh, it moved a lot of stuff along uh, to a pretty crowded, pretty interesting night of wrestling for Saturday. Um, also, definitely should point out. Uh, that before or earlier today, they did officially make the announcement for when uh, Slammiversary is coming about. They ran an ad confirming it today. Uh, it is July seventeenth, uh, um, so uh, it is three days after the no compete clauses <laughs> end for, <laughs> for the WWE releases. Naturally, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope they're just looking in there like, what days? What is the first possible day we can do? July 17th? <laughs> well, let's book it. That was absolutely on their mind. They picked <laughs> the first weekend. <laughs> they could actually get people in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there still is no confirmation of where it is going to take place, if there will be fans allowed or not. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'd assume that there's going to be fans. Um, I, I can't think of a reason for them in, if they're going to be doing a show in Nashville or like anywhere in the South with everybody basically starting back up to, with at least AEW starting up touring in uh, uh, I think the end of June, beginning of July. Um, mm-hmm. Just makes sense. I feel like that Impact would probably want to capitalize on like a huge show to have fans return for. Yeah, I think the counter argument is that they do seem to like doing these taped shows, no audience. So they might just feel more comfortable doing that again for Slammiversary. But there's definitely a good argument to have fans there. Yeah. Uh, the only I, I think the the difference is probably uh, just because it is a an actual pay per view and. I'm 99% sure it would be live. So I, you could like tape stuff. You you could do like closed door taping still, I feel like, but like, I feel like slam adversary might be one of those shows that they're just like, okay, we're going to have a bunch of people just to try to gauge how much like we can sell because it's going to be a massive card. 
Uh, you've got Omega versus somebody, most likely. You've got for people possibly making returns to Impact, new people coming to Impact. So uh, they'll have a lot of eyes on the product. So maybe they open it up. I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting. Um, but definitely something to look out for um, if they do make that announcement. Um, I'd assume they'd just probably stay at the same place they've been staying at, the Skyway Studios or whatever in okay. Nashville. I'd assume. I, I don't know. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but with that, we will go right into our Impact stuff. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter Insta- or Twitter and YouTube, not Instagram. We don't have an Instagram. The Twitter and YouTube, at Deep Six Wrestling. Uh, on the Instagram, or yeah, I said it again. On Twitter, mm-hmm. it is Deep Six Wrestling without a G at the end because we just didn't have enough space for it. Um, but uh, we post all the podcasts on YouTube now. We've got Joey's punishment of the watching the old bad TNA matches. Um, Angela, you didn't get to hear who what I chose for Joey for his his match that was it not the rhino versus hernandez so i picked picked that and then pat pointed out he was like we said it was going to be bad tna stuff and that's from impact and i was like all right i'll pick a bad tna i'll I'll pick a bad tna match so i looked up last night and i was like oh it's a bad tna match and i found a list and the 10 worst matches i was like okay well jenna versus charmel somebody chose that uh, Sting versus Jeff Hardy is like two minutes. Not gonna okay. choose that. Uh, and then I uh, the number one match on there was Sting versus Hulk Hogan from Bound for Glory 2011. And I was like, that was number one. Yeah, and really? the reasoning they gave was because it was overbooked. It was really awful blade jobs. Uh, And it lasted for over 20 minutes. Um, (laughs) And I was like, well, I mean, a 20 minute match of Sting might, might be not, might not be that bad. And I looked, Meltzer gave it three stars. I was like, okay, that can't be that bad. And then I looked and like, I tried to watch it. I was like, oh my God, why is there random story? Like they, they decided right before the match to debut Garrett Bischoff as a heel and then he turned face right after the match for no apparent reason, um, and because this I, was this was pro- this was when Immortal owned Impact, and the the stipulation for the match was if Sting wins, Dixie Carter returns and owns Impact, Impact again. And oh, I, was I remember like, oh, that. Oh, this match. is perfect. I remember that whole buildup. It was, I mean, one of the major storylines going into it, but it was definitely weird to like. Everyone knew Hulk Hogan wasn't going to be a good wrestler at this stage of his <laughs> career, so it just didn't feel necessary. Yeah, it was a dream. It was a dream match that just didn't need to happen in 2011. Yeah, as the yeah that that's exactly what the uh, the review I read of okay. it was. Uh, they said it was a dream match that went on 20 years past their primes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is what Joey has to do for his final one. Um, oh he will do that at some point. Um, also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on any of the brilliant podcast sites that we are on. 
Uh, links are in the description uh, of the episode, as always, and on our social medias as well. Um, so Impact this week, um, they pretty much have given us the entire card for tonight beforehand, um, including the before the Impact match, which was uh, Jordan Grace versus uh, Tasha Steeles. Uh, even though last week they had announced that it was going to be on the main card, uh, they moved it to the before the impact, um, which I'm going to be honest, made a lot of sense. Um, not that it was a bad match. It was just not on par with everything else that went on on this show, I think. Um, so starting, so I, I decided to watch before the impact a little longer than normal. And I, I hate myself for doing it because Josh <laughs> Matthews was a, goddamn cringe man um talking talking about how he uh he has a pages and pages of tweets uh tweets that he saves into his draft folders uh because he thinks they are too savage to be released um why Hmm. why all right why uh, and then he also uh, later on in the show uh, challenged Gia Miller to a match, um, but he wouldn't <laughs> wrestle. It would be his wife wrestling because, as he said, oh. I don't, I don't wrestle anymore. So, they, um, so they acknowledge that he's married to Madison Rain. Yes, that's good. Yeah, uh, and then we got our Iceman Intel, Angelo. And do you know what the Iceman Intel was about this week? I do not know. Oh man, it was about the hauntings of impact again. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, going they, back he, to it. yeah, he had to follow up. He, he found out that the source of it was Rosemary, who has been practicing the dark arts and has officially placed a curse on Brian Myers to kill him. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Which would lead into the match later on in the show with Crazy Steve versus Brian Myers. And I'm assuming it will play into more with Brian Myers versus Black Tarusa at uh, Under Siege. Um, anyway, the before the Impact match, Tasha versus Jordan. Um, this was a good match. Um, again, Tasha doesn't really wrestle that often as a singles competitor, it feels like. Um, I think the, old, the last time I think she had a singles match... Um, the match ended very quickly because Kara got in uh, and got a DQ finish for it. Um, so Tasha actually got some offense in uh, and actually ends up picking up a clean victory over Jordan Grace with a crucifix bomb um, in the middle wow. of the ring. Um, she also... Um, so the original angle for... So it looked like... Jordan was going to hit a grace driver in the middle of the ring early on in the match. Um, but she, she kind of did, like, as commentary said, it was a modified version of it. Um, and the initial, uh, the initial view of it made it look like she just dropped Tasha on the top of her head, no regard for her safety whatsoever. And I was like, holy Ooh. shit, what are you doing? Uh, but upon review of an instant replay later at the end of the, sh- of the match uh, and on their Twitter. Um, 
it actually wasn't. It was just like it was just done so quickly that it looked bad. Um, but it ended up being just it, it didn't even look that modified. It was just a bad camera angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tasha kicked out of it, um, which I was shocked at. Like you're, they, she's kicking out of the of the Grace Driver, even if it's a modified version of it on before the impact <laughs> like not even on a main show not a pay-per-view not an impact plus show the goddamn pre-show to their weekly tv show um but yeah i thought that was a good match um and interesting way to show, uh, start off the night um and yeah we go right into the main show and it is havoc versus rosemary um, for the number one contendership for the knockouts title, uh, which will be defended at Under Siege. Uh, this was a, a good match. It wasn't great. It felt very slow at first. Uh, Havoc and Rosemary have really good chemistry. They've worked together in the past as a uh, tag team and as enemies um, and worked really well here to show their past. Uh, and Havoc picks up the win with a pile driver. Uh, and immediately after the bell rings for the match to be over, Deanna jumps in the ring, kicks off her shoes flawlessly, and hits her with a super kick, which I thought was great. Um, but then Havoc kind of almost no-sells it, uh, throws Deanna out of the ring, Rosemary throws her back into the ring, and Havoc hits Deanna with a pile driver of her own. Uh, Kimber and Susan try to make the save, but they are scared off by the decay. Um, Black Tarus is no longer Black Tarus. Um, reason I say that is because man is wearing a white mask, uh, so he should be white Tarus. Oh, all right. Um, I like his mask. That it look it looked very cool. Um, yes. Um, I don't think Havoc has a chance of beating Diana. At under siege, I still think the story is Taylor versus Deanna. Yeah, long term. This is but, a fine filler feud, I guess. I learned today. I mean, I guess they mentioned it before that Havoc was a former world champ, but like, yeah, I didn't know this. I did not know. Yeah, I did not know that she was in. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I don't remember them ever mentioning that the, that Havoc has won the knockouts title. I feel like they mentioned it like last year when they basically had every single knockout on the roster fight for the title in that one match. Maybe, yeah. But, um, yeah. But for, for the number one contendership, but like, yeah, her beating Gail Kim, that's pretty, I feel like that's a big resume builder. <laughs> yeah. So definitely a forgotten fact for her career so far, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, after this, we have uh, our little promo with. Gallows, Anderson, Callis, and Omega. Omega proudly wearing all three belts <laughs> on his chest and waist, looking like uh, the a Twitch goofball. Were, the Twitch comments made sure to remind everyone that he uh, wasn't wearing the AAA belt. Yes, but um, yeah, was not wearing there. the AAA belt. Yeah, he's, he's still got three belts on him. Um, all the way up to his chin, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the people have been posting like a picture of that for basically all week because Impact always puts like their cold open stuff on like they show what the cold open for each episode is going to be like on Monday okay. for no apparent reason. 
But then they also just posted that picture of Kenny Omega. Um, and so people have just been posting it randomly. So, like, I knew it was coming. I just thought okay. it, it, it was so much better uh, because this promo just was pure lunacy by all three members. Uh, it kicks off with Carl Anderson talking about how um, you know he's serious and you know he's going to bring the heat against uh, David Finley because as he uh, to quote him uh, they call me Lieutenant Dangly um, yep then we've got Big LG just being himself and then Omega went on a really random ta- tangent uh, about like finding just random words to say and draw the promo out even longer uh, this was a weird promo but it again just the the whole super elite, as they are now calling themselves on AEW uh, and on social media, is literally just made to annoy people who do not like them. Um, <laughs> that is the entire Feels gimmick. Like at gimmick. This point. Yeah. yeah. Um, like people are, have been like on Twitter last night and today, people have been ripping to shreds the Young Bucks for the uh their match against uh Daniels and Kazarian last night because uh Matt Jackson mocked the I'm sorry I love you super kick um that Michaels did the flare <laughs> um and people are like oh they're just disrespecting the history of the business and uh, it, it's they are literally just there to continue to piss people off, and I love every second of it. Yeah, top notch um, heel stuff. Yeah. Also, I, uh, Angela, since you weren't, I went, I went on the AEW podcast last night. Oh, nice. And uh, Pat ripped me a new one because uh, I said that I do not think that Kazarian and Daniels are an all time great tag team. So he went on the defense for for uh, Kaz and Daniels. Yeah, because uh, so Excalibur and Jr. and Tony throughout that match kept on saying that they are they will go down as one of the greatest tag teams in wrestling history, and I said that there's no way in hell that I think <laughs> that they are a like because my my argument was that if I'm thinking about greatest of all time tag teams, it would be like a top 10 list. And I would not be able to say that Kaz and uh, uh, Daniels are a top 10 of all time. Uh, and yeah, jo- Joey and Joey and Pat both said that I was wrong and that they probably would be on a top 10 list. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, they didn't even – it was it was Scorpio and um, Kaz that won the titles. Kaz and Daniels, while they have a history together, a lot of it was like they were in Fortune 4 and Impact together. They were like in groups together. They sometimes teamed together, but they didn't team like officially together until, I guess, Spring of Honor. Or yeah. they, they did it in Impact, but then they really became like the two-man show in Ring of Honor. That right. then – you spilled over into what ended yesterday and or not. Yeah, it was yesterday. What ended yesterday on AEW. Right. Um, yeah. So you understand that. I, I, yes. Yeah, based on their TNA history, they, they were teammates and, and faction members a lot, but I wouldn't 
put them. I like, I wouldn't even put them ahead of like Motor City Machine Guns or right. Beer Guns or America's Most Wanted. Yeah. So or the Dudleys or yeah. So yeah. So that's what I mean. Like even coming out of Impact, they're not one of the like you don't go. Oh, Kaz and Daniels, they were one of the best teams in Impact. That that just wasn't the case. They didn't. They teamed, but it wasn't that often. It wasn't as often as the guys we just named. Right. Um, but they they are both important pieces of the 2000s wrestling. Yes. Yeah. 100% by them, like themselves. What they've uh, done for the industry is definitely very important. And together, they've been very important as what they've done in the ring as a tag team. It's been more recent from Ring of Honor and now their AEW run. But um, they don't have that long of a history of being SCU. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, after after this match... After this promo, we get our six-man scramble for the number one contendership for the X Division Championship, which will, again, be defended at Under Siege, which honestly might have been the longest uh, title for a match I've ever written down in my notes. Um, The matches between Petey Williams, Rohit Raju, (laughs) TJP, Ace Austin, AC Romero, and El Phantasmo. Um, this was a really fun match. Yeah. Um, AC Romero I mean, got in a lot of offense here, considering he's basically been like an afterthought and never getting singles matches. Well, he we should uh, get more. But, yeah. Yeah. The highlights of this match, I guess, were the top rope move by El Phantasmo into the crowd of bodies. And then I would say also just El, El Phantasmo. Winning against uh, little Petey Pump, Petey yeah. Williams. And Petey Williams taking the pin because he is the old veteran that isn't the uh, weekly character. So him taking the pin is doesn't hurt anybody. So that makes sense. And El Phantasmo coming in 2-0 now with a hot streak. So uh, Yeah. Um, so also in here, uh, Phantasmo did take a Canadian Destroyer from Petey. True. Um, which took him out for a majority, for not majority, but like the last half of the match. Um, the finish comes. TJP uh, hits uh, PD with a uh, kick, uh, goes up for the Mamba Splash, misses the Mamba spl- Splash because PD rolls out of the way. Um, and then uh, TJP or El Phantasmo comes in. And I thought he hit TJP for the super the the frog splash, but I, was it PD? I couldn't tell because there was just so many bot like they just did it really quick in succession. Yeah. I thought I thought it was on TJP. I, I um, thought the pin was on PD. Okay, so yeah. that, that's just my. I, I think there was down a, wrong. Yeah, I think there was a splash, and then there was another move. El Fantasma did put the okay. pin on him. That's yeah, what I thought. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That that took out that took out TJP. Uh, yeah, the splash took out TJP, and right. then he hit the uh, CCTV on. Uh, that is finisher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, which is for those who don't watch or have not watched the El Fantasma match. It's basically like a combination. It, it's very similar to the neutralizer that Cesaro does. Right. Um, and then he follows it up with the Undertaker pin, um, which is great. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense for El Fantasmo to keep the winning streak. I wouldn't have been mad if he didn't win this match and they like as long as he wasn't pinned. 
Um, right. Because as I, I know, I've discussed it with, I think we discussed it last week that Josh literally just got this title. And I mean, it'd be a big win if he beats Phantasma because he's been treated as a big deal. But like, I don't think Phantasma is going to lose or like he came in just to lose uh, his first yeah. shot at the title. Um, I think it's going to be a screwy finish where Phantasma just cheats to win, um, which I don't think will hurt Josh. It'll just, as long as this doesn't have some way, shape or form, uh, bring TJP back into a title picture. Yeah, I think we're safe to say TJP won't jump back into the title picture, but either way, I mean, we can get into our predictions later, but the X Division title does have a history of being a hot potato, so it's not against impacts uh i don't know history to uh you know have a new new champion and then have them lose pretty quickly yeah so we'll see but um i i mean i'm still leaning towards el El phantasmos here for like one pay-per-view and out but but could be different yeah i I mean it's definitely still i know we talked about last week it definitely feels like it's it's still up in the air about what the hell goes on with empire with new japan yeah. Uh, since I, uh, since we did we uh, uh, last week they've canceled basically all shows um, until further notice um, due to the COVID uh, situation over there. Um, so last week it was just they canceled their two big shows that they had announced. They had announced more, um, but all those shows have been uh, postponed or canceled until further notice at this point. Um, so yeah, it definitely is going to be an interesting thing. Like if there is no new Japan for the next month or two, then there's no reason for Phantasmo to have to leave. Um, so, and I mean, if there's nothing going on in the junior division for him, he can just be on new Japan strong in America. So he could, they, he could continue to hang out and impact when they need him. So I, I think, I, El Phantasm is probably here for a, a little bit at least. I'd probably say till Slammiversary at this point. A couple a couple Impact Plus cycles. Yeah, he'd probably yeah. be, he's going to be here obviously for Under Siege. I think he'll definitely be there for Against All Odds in June. And like I said, I think most likely I could see him uh, like dropping the title back uh, to somebody if he does win it. Uh, at Slammiversary, you get a big win uh, for whoever beats them. Um, yeah, that's true. After this, we had uh, our Violent by Design promo. Or First off, it was Susan and Kimber in Scott's office um, with Susan making Scott replay the ending of her match against Taylor Wilde, where it clearly shows that Tennille bopped her on the head uh, to give Taylor the win. Uh, And so Scott says, okay, I'll give you a rematch. And Susan says, no, that's not good enough. And he's like, okay, well, then next week you guys can face Taylor Wilde and Tennille. And Susan says, nope, I don't like that. Uh, And then Scott says, how about this Saturday you guys face each other? And Kimber is very upset about this. She says, I don't want any part of this. I didn't agree to this. Um, And Susan says that will be accept that will be tolerable and walks out and Kimber is furious. Um, 
yeah. Um, <laughs> Susan is getting on everybody's nerves in her grouping. Uh, Deanna has stopped coming out for their matches. Um, Kimber seems fed up with coming out and having to support Susan. Uh, she's basically more trouble than she's worth at this point. And I feel like we're getting closer to the end of the Susan character. Which I guess we're on the verge of her switching back to something else. Which is interesting yeah. because you're at the same like time you're you're about to collide with Taylor Wilde going yeah. into the title picture. So Yeah. Um after this we get a violent by design promo, which this one this was weird. This, all their promos are very weird. It's very end of cult Wyatt type where it's just very long rambling promos that don't do anything but they sound good um and it was basically that um there's a disease and he's been saying that for months at this point uh but the disease is now evolved and it's creating failure but it's not the it's not just a failure of himself it's not just a failure of diener it's not just a failure of the war machine rhino it's a failure of the business and violent by design. You're going to have, you're going to have to get used to seeing more and more violent by design because they know the cure to the end, the failure of the wrestling business. If you were paying um, attention to the Rhino in the, in the back of this promo, he was pretty excellent. Just his facial yes. um, reactions where it just eyes open up and he's shaking his head. It, it was, that was pretty exciting for me. He's, he is a great deranged maniac. Yes, he is excellent at that job. Um, I thought it was interesting that Eric Young did not even mention Joe Doring as a possible f- failure, uh, but he mentioned himself as one and yeah. Diener as one. Uh, just because, I mean, Joe Doring, he barely he barely does any single stuff. He uh, hasn't lost anybody else, in so. single yeah. stuff. So that's, yeah. I guess, where it comes down to. Um, uh, I wonder if next week they're going to um, say this disease has evolved into a variant. And then oh, the Doug please. Williams and the British Invasion comes out, and that's the variant. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. Nice. Just Brutus bring, bring, or, or bring, Magnus. Yeah, yeah, Ma- Magnus. <laughs> I, yeah. I'll allow it. Word. Uh, <laughs> after this, we go to commercial break, and we come back, and the first thing we see is a goddamn gold statue with the goddamn money wad on it. And somebody's flicking it, and you hear that beautiful music of Swinger's Palace. And Swinger tells uh, Hernandez to stop flicking the monkey. Um, <laughs> and Alicia is now a Swingerella, uh, and she says, I, "How do I?" Last week. Yep, and she says, I, "I does this outfit look good on me?" Uh, and uh, Swinger, Swinger, like, f- says something really obnoxiously f- flirty. And Alicia says, Swinger, you know I'm a married woman. <laughs> and he says, and I have a blue car. And <laughs> Alicia follows it up saying, what does that have to do with anything? And he follows it up with, oh, I thought we were just listing things that aren't important. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Poetic. Um, then TJP shows up to deliver his money because apparently Swinger's Palace they don't make you pay before you lay down your bet 
they pay <laughs> you have to pay after you lose the bet. Yeah, that seems um, like a, that seems like uh what the mafia would do. Yeah, and that's how mafia bookies would work. That's why people like uh their shady bookies still over <laughs> DraftKings. They uh they're like, Oh, I don't have to pay immediately. I can like, you know, yeah, figure it out after I lose. Uh and TJP then throws a threat at Bravo for no apparent reason, saying that uh I hope you hold on to this because this is just a loan. Uh, because I'll be collecting this money next uh, at under siege uh, mm-hmm. after I win the tag titles. And meanwhile, there has been no announcement that tag title match is going to happen solely because Finley and uh, Juice Robinson are in a tag match already, so yeah, they wouldn't man. be pulling two double duty. No, I, I think this. Um, I mean, it gets cleared up, and I think it explains yes. it's just me a number one contendership match, but it's going to be containing as we see in the swingers palace basically everyone that was just in the match that lost El Fantasmo. Yes. So at least the roster is getting some use. Yeah. So our tag teams in this match are Triple XL, Larry D who are Larry D and AC Romero. We have Madman Fulton and Ace Austin. We have Ro- Rohit Shira, Shira and Rohit and we have the new team of TJP and Petey Williams. Um, and Petey asks, I'm sorry, TJP asks Petey for the odds, and Petey just says, goes, uh, well, why, I can't, why, I can't why help would... you, but I know yeah. a guy, and he <laughs> starts doing the Steiner promo, and everyone leaves, and starts, everyone starts complaining and then leaves. Because I guess they, they are like us and watch it on Twitch and probably see the Steiner promo every single week, so they're probably done with that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so after this, um, I think this is a good use of the roster, as you said, um, and we'll get into our predictions at the end. Um, after this, we get our uh, our random match of the night, which is Sam Beal and Willie Mack. Uh, and for a squash match or an enhancement match, this went pretty long. Um, yeah, Willie well, Max Sam Beal is now like he's an established member of the roster, so he's not yeah. just a total squash. But yeah, yeah. Um, Willie Mac hit an insanely loud lariat at the end of this match that D'Lo Brown literally screamed. <laughs> uh, this was the most excited I've ever heard D'Lo Brown in, in on commentary. Um, yeah, this was a this was a pretty good match, uh, and Willie Mac wins. And I've got to say, it's when singles win I've seen in quite some time for the man. Could be the first one um, of the year. <laughs> it, it probably might be the only one of the year, right? Because right after that, W Morrissey gets in the ring, lays him out, uh, and stands over him uh, as his warning, his foreshadowing of what's to come at Under Siege. Um, yep, yeah, I thought this had served its purpose. Uh, Morrissey didn't do anything too elaborate here, so I can't be like, oh, he was really good in this role. It, right. it was just your common, I'm going to sneak in the back here in my black outfit that you couldn't see me because there's no crowd here. Um, <laughs> and just going to lay you out and stand over you. Uh, after this, we get... It's all about me, episode two, which is going to be hosted by Taylor Wilde. Um, 
who so doesn't Taylor ask comes out. I, I was gonna say I can. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Taylor comes out here and she tries to go right off the bat. Like, listen, we're not friends. We're, we're I'm I'm tag teaming with you this you know coming weekend and under siege, but it ends here. And it's it's not exactly clicking with Tennille Dashwood and her uh, you know rip off of Madison Rain's setup <laughs> with the studio. But um, I mean it's clear that Taylor Wilde is here for singles competition, and and Tennille Dashwood is has her eyes set on finding a partner for the tag team titles. They're gonna team together against uh, Kimberly and Susan, but I presume this uh, their partnership ends after this weekend and then leads to some maybe a, a singles rivalry down the road to give Taylor Wilde one more ring under the belt before she goes against Deanna. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this was – I don't like these segments too much, but I think Tennille plays it off really well as, like, the clueless, like, I just – everybody loves me, even though nobody really likes her uh, character. Um and I think it's going to be inter- – like, this adds a little bit of element to could Kimber and Susan pick up a win over uh, Taylor and Tennille since they don't get along. Uh, obviously not. Obviously, I, I think it's very clear that Taylor and Tennille will win. But uh, it just at least it gives you – Yeah. Uh, and as you said, it could give – one more match in between the Taylor versus Deanna match where you could have Tennille versus Taylor for like a number one contendership at, uh, against all odds or something. Yeah. Um, after this, we get our Carl Anderson versus David Finley match, which I think was ever, I assume this was going to be a really, really, really good match. It was very good match that was Mm -hmm. just hampered by them focus like at least cameras and stuff focusing way too much on the outside stuff going on um so eddie edwards and um juice robinson are at ringside for finley and uh and or gallows callus and omega are at ringside for and uh for carl anderson uh and Eddie brought a kendo stick out that he drew a smiley face on and is calling it their Kenny. Um, I was hoping when he said that in the, the promo before that he meant he was bringing out Ken Shamrock. That would but, be uh, fucking hilarious. Yeah, but not the case. Yeah. It would have been great if he like he was like, oh, we're going to bring our own Kenny of our own. And he just pulls Ken Shamrock out of nowhere, like by the hair. He's like on a chain. Hair that, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. That would be brilliant. That that's how. That's the only way they'd allow yeah. Ken Shamrock back into Impact is if he's chained up, like an old senile <laughs> Ken Shamrock, on a, you know, on a dog collar being walked out. Oh boy, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of interference. Not interference in the match, but just outside interference where they're just getting in each other's faces and trying to attack each other, um, and. That uh, the camera's focusing on that instead of the match at different points. Um, and then the match ends with Finley having Carl Anderson in the Indian Deathlock for quite some time before Kenny just kind of slides in 
like the ref just knows exactly what's gonna happen. He immediately stands up and goes and calls for the bell because he knows Omega's just gonna slap uh, Finley uh, and leads to everybody beating each other up. And yep, uh, I, I think we knew shenanigans were gonna happen in this match, um, which is a shame because it would have been a fantastic match. I'm sure if it given the, the time for elite non. Yeah, matches basically. Absolutely, yeah. It, 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 the elite are going to have two types of matches on non-pay-per-view shows. They're going to win, or they're going to get themselves DQ'd. Right. Um. After this, we get a Chris Sabin promo, which I had totally forgotten that. Uh, like I thought this was like setting up a singles match between Chris Sabin and Moose for later on in the night. Not yeah, even reminding right. myself that he's in the main event in a six-man match against Moose. And I was like, wow, this is a really poignant, direct promo. Sounded like... Towards a, you're... Moose. Like, yeah, they're they're facing... There's six of them in this match, but Chris Haven is directly talking to Moose here for what he did last week to James Storm, basically leaving the show with James Storm riding in pain. And Chris Haven wasn't happy about it because he wasn't ringside. And he wanted to exact some revenge against Moose on this match. But it was... When, when when we get to the match, it, that's not really like a a factor in the actual wrestling too much, right? Yeah. So the the promo was good, but it didn't really uh, result in any like difference in how the match was portrayed or yeah. played out, I should say. Yeah, and it's 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 different than what we've seen of Saban lately, since Saban mostly has just been goofing it off with James Storm at Swingers Palace, getting drunk and slamming his fists on tables, telling Saying people how much place. he loves this place. Right. Uh, he, he was not loving this place tonight. Um, after this, we get uh, Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering promo. Uh, Jordan basically blaming herself. Uh, for losing and uh, apologizing to Rachel, saying that she's let she let her down. Rachel's just like Jordan. It's just a match. Like it's not. It wasn't a title match. Like it doesn't mean that they're gonna beat us. They can't. They ha- didn't beat us the first time. And you just had an off night. Like relax. Just f- put all your rage and upset and feelings into a bottle and release it at under siege. And Jordan says, okay, I will do that. And that's that. Um, After this, we get Brian Myers versus Crazy Steve. Uh, Crazy Steve has some new lights on his jacket, um, which look cool. Mm -hmm. Um, This was an okay match. Wasn't anything special. Wasn't anything to write home about. Didn't go super long. Uh, Crazy Steve uh, loses to Brian Myers because Brian Myers... Uh, somehow, I don't know how the ref didn't see it. Um, Brian Myers rolls up Crazy Steve and just has both his hands on the ropes. Uh, and the ref just doesn't see it. And maybe the ref traded blindness with uh, Crazy Steve there. Maybe. Uh, Brian Myers runs around the ring to celebrate. And as he's about to finish up his run around the ring, uh, Black Tarus uh, hits a spear on him. Uh, and then Rosemary comes in and lays a card, a uh, terror card on it, and it's the card of death. Uh, again, playing into this hole, she put a curse uh, that Brian Myers is going to die soon. Um, yeah. Yeah, After always this, an interesting way to go. 
yeah the storyline just like rosemary really likes being in storylines where like people are uh nearly brought to death right so god bless Uh, your character development absolutely after this we get a don Callis uh and scott demore uh segment where scott basically just calls out uh, Don for not being an actual executive vice president, saying that he's he has he's neglected his roles. He doesn't talk to talent. The only time he talks to talent is to play mind games and try to get them to either not challenge for titles or not challenge in matches, uh, which is the exact opposite of what an executive vice president is supposed to do. Um, and said that what he did last week by trying to manipulate uh, Moose. Uh, has left James Storm injured, and he is gone from Impact un, uh, indefinitely. Uh, and he that uh, they do not know if he will ever return. Um, yeah, wow. So that's something. Uh, the the last person that we got a they are gone indefinitely from was goddamn Ken Shamrock, our second Ken Shamrock mention of the night. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Rich Swan, and then he returned the next week. <laughs> yeah, it, it could have been right. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get James Storm retiring an angle, and then he's just gonna come back and the win the title. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, uh, Scott says that you need he needs to choose. He needs to choose if you want to be the executive vice president anymore, or if you're gonna choose to stay with Omega and the Elite. Uh, and Callis says that uh. He is doing what's best for the company. He is doing his executive vice president duties. Uh, he doesn't like uh, mingling with the wrestlers uh, because being around other people is not his thing. Um, and that uh, he kind of blows off uh, the ultimatum that Scott gave him and said that, how about we just uh, try to get on the same page and we bring back the golden bookers that we used to be. Um, a few years ago in Impact and Scott says in order to in order to get back to that we need to be in the same goddamn book and just walks off and I thought that was a great promo uh, from Scott I think it's very it is poignant that uh, you do have an executive vice president who is not actually doing anything to do (laughs) to uh, with his job he is just basically an EVP by name uh, because at this point he's just trying to do everything in the favor of Omega. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think they're going to strip him of e- of being an EVP, but I think that'd be an interesting storyline. Uh, it doesn't really mean much because Scott's also an EVP and he kind of is just the booker at this point. So it, it would be, oh man. There you go. I'm f- they're all they're both former wrestlers. So. Yeah, we can get the Jackal versus uh, Coach Scott of Team Canada. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, and this leads us to our main event. It is Moose, Chris Bay, and Sammy Callahan versus Chris Sabin, Trey, and Matt Cardona. Um, this was a good match. Um, it was very. Not as as Angela pointed out, it did not focus on the Chris Saban versus Moose story very very much. Um, yeah, which is okay because there's a lot of talent in this match, so right, it would have been unfair to just have it shadow on that. But like then, looking back at the promo, it was like 
did that make sense here? Did that make maybe more sense maybe two weeks down the road and have them have a singles match? Mm-hmm. That's, but it, it was okay. Yeah, uh, the only thing I think that does add into this is I think it adds a wrinkle of maybe I could see Saban actually win the match, like get one over on Moose, or Not definitely. Or he is is some way responsible for Moose not getting that win. Um, yeah, definitely could play more into it at the actual Impact Plus match. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that we are. I think the overall story that the promo and the lack of a story in this match had is that we're going to get a Chris Saban versus Moose match somewhere down the road soon. Um, which I'm perfectly fine with because both of them are fantastic wrestlers. Yeah. Um, story of this match was everybody beating the crap out of Trey um, for most of the match, um, which, yeah. according to D'Lo, was almost illegal, which that's not the case. Um, nothing they did was illegal. Uh, <laughs> they just kept on keeping Trey in their, on their side. And Trey wasn't able to tag a teammate basically for five or ten minutes. And yeah, uh, ends up winning. Sammy ends up getting the win. And Moose and Chris Bay seem like the least happy winners of all time because they just kind of like raise their, get their hands raised, and then just stare at Sammy with disappointing looks in their eyes. Um, Throughout this match, they kept on panning backstage to uh, Don Callis and the Good Brothers watching the match. Uh, Kenny is not there. Um, and after Sammy wins, Callis is visually upset about the outcome. Um, and uh, Carl Anderson says, hey, Don, let's leave. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh he, this this he's not the number one contender. That still that happens on Saturday. Uh, somebody else could win, and Don says, uh, "I'll be there in a bit," and just puts like his hands to his face. Um, interesting. I, I think this does again continue to tell the story of like Sam, Sammy has kind of annoyed Callus the last two few weeks. Right. Um, with Callis telling him that he shouldn't be in the match, he, he d- hasn't done anything to get a t- uh, be in a number one contendership match, and then he gets his spot where uh, after Kenny kind of gets him in place, and now he's stood tall over everybody, so it's kind of like, oh, I, I talked down to this guy, and now he has a chance to actually get a title opportunity. This this could be bad. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's just weird that it's the top heel in the company as the person going against the other top heel of the company. Uh, yeah, I mean, be. I guess, uh, and uh, at the end of the day, it's more about impact versus the world. Yes. So, like, Callahan is an impact guy. Eddie Edwards is an impact guy. So, yeah, he'll face whether whether or not they're the be- they're the good guys in comparison to the super right. elite right now. Yeah. Um, I will continue to say that I hope that Sammy ends up being the, f- the first impact guy that isn't a good brother uh, to hop over to the AEW side uh, solely because he fits the Moxley Kingston uh, team. 
Um, and it would be fun matches to have Mox, Kingston, and Sammy versus the Young Bucks and Kenny, or, or the Good Brothers and Kenny. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know if it would happen because, again, who knows how long this or how AEW feels about this relationship? It seems like there it's a very one sided relationship, um, but I feel like that would be the smart way to go about it. Would be have somebody who has established history with the other people that the super elite are feuding with, uh, yeah, especially sure. since we now know that at double or nothing we are getting. Uh, um, Mox and Kingston versus the Bucks. So, uh, would be interesting if a surprise Sammy Callahan comes in and screws the Bucks out of the titles. Uh, that would be something. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's, it'll happen, but hey, stranger things have happened. Like, uh, if you told me Kenny Omega was going to show up in Impact weekly, uh, at the end of last year, I'd tell you, you're insane. But hey, yeah, that, that's what's been that's, happening. Yeah, for the that's past, where we are now. So. <laughs> the past five months. Um, overall, I thought this was a pretty good card, a pretty good show. Uh, I will give it a thumbs up. I too will give it a thumbs up, even though it was more um like promos and backstage storylines versus matches. But it was it was still all good content. Yeah, with the highlight, uh, of course, Johnny Swingers, Swingers Palace. Absolutely, as always. As always. Um, so yeah, that leads us to under siege this weekend. Uh, oh, the yeah. card as of right now, uh, I'm looking on Impact's Twitter, uh, Instagram real quick because I know the last time we did a predictions thing for a show of theirs, they added a match like while we were doing it, and I was very confused. <laughs> uh, as of now, they have not added anything. So. It is as follows, um, not in this order. I don't know what the order is going to be, but Taylor Wilde and Tennille Dashwood versus Susan and Kimberly. W. Morrissey versus Willie Mack. Triple XL, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. TJ versus TJP. Uh, I'll read this. Triple XL versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus TJP and Petey Williams versus Mahabali Shira and Rohit Raju for the number one contendership to the tag titles. The Knockouts tag team title match between Fire and Flavor, uh, Kara Hogan and Tasha Steeles versus Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. The X Division title match between El Fantasmo and Josh Alexander. The Knockouts title match between Havoc and Deanna Prazo. And the main event being the Super Elite uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Finn Juice and Eddie Edwards. Um, so I guess we can start off with the first match I said. Taylor Wilde and Tennille Dashwood versus Susan Kimberly. Uh, I think we both are under the assumption Taylor Wilde and Tennille are picking up that win. All right, lost her for a second there, but I'm going to say for this Kimberly and Susan versus Taylor Wilde and I said Taylor Wilde and Tennille. So I'm actually going to go to the other way. Kimberly okay. and Susan. Just because right. I think Susan winning here because there's more, while they have dissension between them, there's more dissension between Taylor Wilde and Tennille. 
and that can lead to that singles match, and then maybe Kimberly and Susan can have this win, gives them a reason to go for the tag titles, and then they break up there. That's fair. That's fair. That makes that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, after that, we got W. Morrissey versus Willie Mack. Who you got, Angelo? Give me a cast all day. Yeah, I'm w. going. Morrissey. I'm going with W. Morrissey, aka still the a really bad name. Just drop the yeah. W. I, I I guess you don't want to be Morrissey because there's already That's a singer name. named Morrissey. Is that his actual last name? Yeah, his real name okay. is William Morrissey. Like, just call yourself, okay. just go your full name. W. Morrissey is lame. Yeah, Will Morrissey would be better. Yeah. Uh, after the uh, the number one contendership for the tag titles, who you got, Angelo? Um, That's tough. I'm going to go with uh, Ace Austin and Mad Men Fulton. That is who I was going to go with, but I could – also see TJP and PD Williams winning. Uh, so I'm going to go, okay. just to be different, I'm going to be TJP and PD. Alright. That's fair. Um, knockouts tag title match, Fire and Flavor versus Jordan and Rachel. Uh, I'm going I, Jordan and Rachel. I agree. I think Jordan and Rachel. I think, uh, I don't know what Fire and Flavor do after this, but I, I hope they like still get television time because they are entertaining. But yeah. um. I think it's uh, Jordan and Rachel Ellering will have it for a little longer, at least. Yeah, I agree. Um, X Division title match, uh, Phantasma versus Josh Alexander. Who you got? I'm going to stay with my original theory. And even though we've, you know, you gave me good arguments and you discussed that New Japan doesn't necessarily have anything going on, I'm still going to say Josh Alexander wins here. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Phantasma winning here. Um, give him a a little run with it and he can drop it to somebody else as long as it's not TJP. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, What if it's Manic? No. The only only masked wrestler I'll allow him to lose to is Suicide. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Uh, Knockouts title match, Havoc versus Deanna. I've got Deanna. Yeah, Deanna as well. Uh, and finally, the Super Elite versus Juice, or Finn Juice and Eddie. Ah, who you got? That's tough. I, I would say Super Elite. I don't think Kenny Omega is here to take losses. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I want to say the Elite win. But at the same time, I kind of want to say Finjuice and Eddie win. Obviously, Omega is not going to be involved getting pinned. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I just... Do they really want to continue having this good brothers versus Finjuice feud for the titles? Because if Finjuice lose... Then, then it opens the door for that again. Right, yeah, and while it's been a good a good feud, it's not a feud I care about as much, especially if it continues to get drawn out. And if this was just a way for the Good Brothers to lose the titles and then get them right back, um, even if it's been a few months at this point, not great storytelling. So um, if Omega pins Eddie Edwards here, is that a way for? 
not have to face Finjuice again? I don't know because I feel like at the with the way that uh, Finjuice did their promo earlier about how oh you've no, you can't beat us you don't have a win over us uh, since we've come to Impact like the Good Brothers can be like oh well now we have a win over you guys the records will show Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers beat Finjuice yeah. and Eddie sure. um, so I'm I'm gonna go with Eddie and Finjuice. But I, this is a match I can go with either way. Literally, I could see anybody picking up a pin here, other than Kenny getting pinned. Kenny is not is the only person unpinnable in this match. Yeah, yeah no shot he gets pinned. Um, but everybody else in this match could get pinned. Um, I just hope that this doesn't lead to like. TJP and PD Williams winning the ta- the number one contendership. And then they have a match against Finn Juice, and the Good Brothers just come in clean house and be like, "Hey, we pin you, we beat you guys at Under Siege, so we should have a title match. Get rid of this number one contendership match." Um, yeah, because then it opens the door for a goddamn triple threat, and mm. that gives TJP a chance of winning another title, and I don't want that. Although I'd be perfectly fine with PD Williams winning a title. Yeah, I that's would, true. I would rather. I still. I would still rather Petey Williams get an X division title run. That would be pretty um, cool. Yeah, as Josh Matthews pointed out, he is he is one of the reasons that the X division is so well known today. Um, which I, again didn't watch him in his original run, but I, I knew the name Petey Williams before I ever yeah, watched it. Yeah, and it's Williams not for match. his name and his actual like record per se it's for the canadian destroyer it and that and, that, and the, that and the goddamn steiner match where he's steiner just standing there <laughs> yeah that's true all right so we will be back next week uh probably not gonna do well definitely not gonna do a like live reactions or anything like that uh as you are going away for a weekend getaway angelo Heck yeah, about the end uh, time. But I might do something. I, I, I'm watching it because I think the card looks pretty good. Uh, maybe Pat or Joey hops on uh, for Under Siege review over the weekend. Uh, but if not, we'll be back next week, Wednesday night, as always. Pat and Joey will be back for their Dynamic Dynamite review. Uh, and on Thursdays, me and Angela are back for the Impact Power Hour. So... Uh, be safe uh, and enjoy your week uh, and talk to you next time. Yeah, Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.